0: But before we do so, a quick word from our sponsor. Deciding how and when to pay off student loans is not an easy decision for most. Many of you are feeling weighed down by your mortgage-sized student loans and are asking yourself, how did I get into this mess? Student loans contribute to stress and burnout for PAs, as well as other high-earning professionals. Many PAs, even with the best of intentions, unfortunately make poor financial decisions on their student loans. Look no further than studentloanadvice.com. For a few hundred dollars, they will meet with you for about an hour. They'll go over your personal student loan situation and help you come up with a plan for optimizing your student loan management. Find out how much they can save you today at studentloanadvice.com PAFI. And if you are interested in learning more, check out the PA the FI way podcast episode 42, where Andrew, one of the co-founders, joined me as a guest. Otherwise, head over to studentloanadvice.com slash P-A-F-I. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the P.A. the F-I-Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and we have two very special guests joining us today. And I'm really excited that they took the time to join us. But more importantly, I'm excited that you listeners took the time today to take a listen, and learn a little bit more about financial independence. So on the show today, we have two PAs that are actually married. So we have Logan and Mackenzie Driscoll. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for joining us.
1: Yes, thank you for having us. Thanks
2: for having us, Kat.
0: Yeah. Do you mind introducing yourselves for the listeners?
1: Of course. So my name is Mackenzie Driscoll, and then my husband, Logan Driscoll. And um, we're from DMU, uh, the PA program at DMU, and that's where we met as well. So we're both in our first year as practicing PAs.
2: Just coming up on a year, yep. Very cool. So how was
0: it meeting in PA school? I don't hear a lot of PAs that actually meet in PA school (laughs) and then end up dating and getting married.
2: Yeah, it's a a tough time. Wouldn't you say, Kath, that it's a a pretty busy time that There's not a lot of time for a relationship, maybe. Uh, Yes, totally. And the reason that I preface that is um, we started dating um, the first semester of PA school. Um, So typically the didactic portion, which is the hardest portion, in my opinion. Uh, The rotations, you know, you can kind of all put it together. So we did start dating uh, and I actually, we broke up um, because... (laughs) Didactics are so so hard. Sure. And you know, we stayed friends, of course, we were in the same study group and and all that good stuff. And then we ended up dating uh later down the road in our second year, and that's when it stuck. And then we you know we got engaged um maybe like six months after. Yeah. And then that was that. So yeah.
0: Nice, that's awesome. So it's kind of
2: funny. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So it is hard, uh, I will say, to do a new relationship in PA school, cool. but totally worth it. Um, you know, it's a it's a good group of people there. So
0: sure, that's great. Yeah, you guys went to Des Moines University, which is where I went to as well. So I really like that connection too. You guys are a few years behind me, though, certainly, but it's really fun that we share that commonality. Also, my husband and I broke up for a brief period of time as well, maybe like two to three weeks the the time frame's a little (laughs) little fuzzy but but ended up working out and we're married so yeah I can imagine that it's common for some relationships to take a pause and then people get back together and it it can work out for a lot of people so that's great Mm
1: -hmm. glad
2: it worked out for you Yeah, (laughs) yeah likewise
0: do you mind sharing what specialties you guys practice in and what you enjoy most about your specialties
1: Yeah. So I work in plastic surgery um, at Broadlands, and it's actually a county hospital. So plastic surgery looks a little bit different there, but I think that's why I like it so much. I just never realized how much a plastic surgeon can do. They have such a wide variety of surgeries that they do. So as a first year, it was kind of overwhelming, but I really enjoyed getting to learn, you know, we do skin cancers all over the body. We do things on the face, fractures in the face. Um, then we also, I mean, we just work down the whole body. Like you name it, and we're doing it. So I just really enjoy the variety of things and constantly learning new things as well. Awesome.
2: Yeah, and I work in orthopedic surgery. And I like the balance between clinic days and OR days. They're definitely different in terms of mental uh, exhaustion versus physical exhaustion. And yeah, I mean, orthopedics is a, a, you know, really nice surgical specialty. Usually people, uh, you know, make it out okay, and they're pretty satisfied with that. So it's nice to see that immediate change in people when you, you know, do a hip replacement or a knee replacement on them. The effects are, are pretty immediate. So I like it a lot.
0: That's great. I can imagine that each of you can see that there's kind of instant gratification for both the patients as well as yourselves you can see where hey you can see like this person gets this fixed you can fix them for their pain or how their appearance is or like you said if they had an injury or things like that so I could see where surgical specialties can be gratifying for both the providers as well as the patients
1: yeah they really are it's really neat to see it
0: so you guys are both about a year out of school How has it been going with your finances? We're on a financial independence podcast for PAs. So what are some specific financial struggles that you guys are experiencing as newer grads?
2: Yeah, of course. And the number one thing that I would say is probably just the lifestyle creep. Having not one but two PA salaries kind of come into the fold after two years of not making any money or very little money. It's, it's really easy to do uh, when you see that kind of come in. So I think that would be a big thing for us. Now, we've done pretty good, I think. We, we did buy a house, um, and we do have two new cars. And all of that uh, is kind of a no-no in terms of the, the financial side of things. But they're, they're all reasonably priced, um, so I think that's a positive that win?
1: I would say yeah cuz despite buying new things we made sure to still stay on the cheaper end of things. Yeah. So we felt like okay we're rewarding ourselves we have something nice but we're not close to what we'd want to be spending in the future or what people say we could be spending. So that's helpful too to sometimes treat yourself but then try to realize okay we don't need the big like the biggest and the best yet we just need something that's nice that's going to work for
0: Yeah, that's great. I think that it's important to recognize that pursuing financial independence is not one size fits all. If you guys feel like you need a home and need newer cars, maybe your cars were older and needed an upgrade, like you said, just be mindful about what you're spending, the budget you have. And then being in Iowa where you guys are located, the cost of things is very likely more affordable being in the Midwest versus, you know, on the coast, so to speak
1: and that was actually a big part of because i'm from colorado originally sure and so after school we were trying to figure out if we should move back to colorado or if we should stay in iowa and a big part of staying in iowa was that we knew we could keep our costs down so yes. we're like if we just if we get jobs here we can buy something nice for cheaper and we'll be on our way to financial independence sooner so that's kind of the plan
0: yeah that's great now you guys again are Two married PAs, what do you think are unique financial decisions or things that you guys are experiencing, kind of trying to work through together? Being two PAs on the way to financial independence,
2: yeah, of course. With PA school, you do have a, a pretty good salary uh, by most standards, and you also have pretty good student loans as well. So it's definitely a double edged sword on that that regard having. Two good salaries and also two relatively high student loans as well. So sure. kind of planning out how to manage that has been an interesting kind of journey. Uh, and especially uh, with the COVID pandemic and having federal student loans continue at 0%. And it's been that way since we graduated. So nice. it's it's been kind of an interesting, you know, win. When these start back up, does our plan change? What do we do while it's at 0%? Is there some advantage or disadvantage that we can take advantage of, or some scenario that we can we can manage? So it's definitely been an interesting time to be a, a new grad PA with student loans, and especially being married to a PA has added a new layer to that.
0: Yeah, certainly. And speaking of student loans, if you guys feel comfortable, do you mind sharing the total amount of student loans that you have had, as well as do you guys have particular strategies that you guys are planning on using to tackle those student loans and get them paid off?
2: Absolutely. No problem, Kat. Right now, and I ran these numbers in preparation for today, we have about $230,000 of student loans. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be at a 5.3% interest when the loans restart, when and if they restart. So uh, that's kind of what we're looking at. And we have looked at several options. As Kenzie mentioned, she works at a 501c3 uh, and her employer certainly qualifies for PSLF. So we've looked extensively into that program Great, uh, as well as just paying them off, you know, with standard repayment or, uh, you know, doing it the FI way, paying them off as soon as possible. With uh, my loans, uh, I work at a private company. So PSLF is typically not an option there, Sure. but we've looked at, you know, do we make extra payments there? Um, You know, do we keep it with the federal loans and how long that's certainly been an interesting conversation. Uh, With all the extensions and not knowing, you know, when that will come about versus obviously private refinancing to a lower interest rate and just kind of hammering down right away. So those are kind of our two contrasting student loan scenarios there.
0: Great. Yeah, both of those options are very reasonable. And again, it totally depends upon what type of situation you find yourself in as a practicing PA. What type of employer you work for, those types of things too. And then for PSLF, if you Mackenzie can see yourself working there for, you know, a decade, or if you maybe not necessarily there, but potentially another type of location as well. So that is certainly something to consider. You know, PSLF is wonderful. It's great. You get, you know, a large amount of student loans forgiven, but sometimes it can be a little bit of a golden handcuffs situation where you might feel stuck sometimes. So yeah, if definitely. you love your employer, then I think that that's a wonderful option to pursue that and at least you know start with that option. That's really great that you have that option for you. And then for you, Logan, I think that certainly something to consider to refinance in the future, but keep those 0% federal loans right now as long as you guys can because that's so great that you guys have that option right now.
2: No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it's been. I haven't even calculated how much we've saved in interest mm-hmm. because I just like it probably blow my mind how much. Uh, but yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're keeping going with the zero percent for right now for sure. So
1: and the way we've attacked our loans too, we haven't really said my loans my loans versus Logan's loans. We kind of took every single individual loan that we had and the percentage. Of interest that we had on that loan and then Logan listed them from top to bottom what one's costing us the most money so it may be a smaller loan but depending on what the percentage was so they are just all listed out and that's how we were kind of attacking them was whatever one's costing us the most money we were trying to get rid of first so
2: sort of the, the avalanche method avalanche. if you will yep yeah. yep good old avalanche so yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that can often be more cost effective and save you over the long term than the snowball method. So that's great that you guys are doing that too. Yeah. Do you guys feel like you're trying to do different things like make over payments on your loans or not quite yet? Or have you guys considered, you know, some people will do side gigs or pick up extra shifts here and there to try to pay off their loans sooner?
1: So originally, I did start picking up some urgent care shifts, Sure. Um, and that was really helpful because you can make really good money in urgent care, um, but I think it was hard this early on because as a new PA, especially working for a surgeon who does so many different things, Sure. that I wanted to get good at the job that I was at first, yes. and it very quickly became overwhelming for all of my free time was another job, and at the end of the day, I just... It was very stressful. So as much as I liked it and as helpful as it was financially, I just don't think I was ready for it yet. So I've kind of backed off of that a little bit. And but Logan wants to do urgent yeah. care, so sure. <laughs> and
2: I'm going to start picking up the slack. Yeah, yeah. sure. So uh, yes, um, overpayments absolutely. I'm I'm definitely what people would call probably debt uh, averse. Sure. So uh, I'm not really interested in keeping our student loans around for any longer than they have to be. yeah. Uh, And that's just, you know, a personality thing of mine. So, yeah, I've definitely considered some side gigs and, uh, you know, doing the medical surveys, which are uh, offered a lot to PAs. I get those um, several times a week, at least um, to fill out those. And sometimes you get screened out of those, which is kind of understandable. But uh, yeah, picking up a second job is certainly something that I've you know, thought about doing and considered. Because of the nature of surgery, uh, when you're done with the surgeries for the day, you're kind of done. So that lends itself a little bit more time. Now you want to make sure you're available, of course, in case you do have a complication or something goes on uh, wrong or anything like that. But yeah, I'm certainly more, more interested in, in doing that side gig sort of thing. So yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Great. Yeah, I think that it's important for the new grads out there to consider their options. And like you did, Mackenzie, consider trying it and see how things go, because it can be helpful for a lot of people to do that. But I would say more often than not, it is really important to find a good, supportive first job, no matter the specialty. Having a good supervising physician that you feel like is willing to train you, teach you. And like you emphasized, really solidify your knowledge in that area and your main role mm-hmm. first and you also don't want to burn yourself out it's so easy to get overwhelmed as a new grad when you're learning all this information so it's you know reasonable to try but for a lot of people if they feel like that it's just causing more stress than you know alleviating financial stress then it's probably a good idea to just drop it or like you said cut back a little bit or things like that too so I I even just recently stopped a very casual urgent care role that I had. I'm like, I'm good right now, trying to de-stress my life a little bit more, you know, so. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and it's funny because I felt like I did have a little more free time and just as my job was picking up, we also got a dog and so that for some reason just added a lot more stress. So maybe just skip getting the dog and then we can work the extra
0: job. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask you, Logan, too. which medical survey company do you use or have you used a few of them?
2: Yeah, I've used a few. Um, Reckner Healthcare. That one doesn't send, uh, at least me in orthopedic surgery, as often. Um, I've also used M3 Global, which that one sends more frequently. Uh, And InCrowd. Those are the three that I've signed up for and used in crowd is a really quick one. So those surveys are, I think they call them micro surveys. They're can be done within five or 10 minutes, whereas the the others are maybe a phone call, hour phone call, or an hour kind of on the computer filling out a survey. So uh, it's a nice spread. And when I am feeling ambitious, I can do a 60 minute one. And when I have one, that's a quick one, I can do that too. So
0: sure. Very cool. I've had a couple other guests that have mentioned some survey companies and the M3 Global one sounds familiar, but the other two don't. So if you guys are interested in checking out those medical surveys, I will list them in the show notes for you if you would like to see if they may be something that you qualify. I believe certain specialties qualify a lot more often than others, but it's something to consider and look at. So you two being married, how do you communicate about finance as a couple? Do you feel like you have certain tips or tricks that work well for you in particular that you could suggest to other couples out there. I'm sure it really depends on the different personalities out there. But what would you guys
2: suggest? It does, for sure. I would say that I'm more um, kind of financially interested, uh, if you want to say that. We both contribute uh, to our finances. uh, And I I feel that's pretty common, probably, is that one partner maybe manages it a little bit more you know, if there's two that are are interested and like to manage that stuff, that's great. But a lot of what it comes down to is just a, you know, quick conversation, um, kind of on a month to month basis. I do all the tracking and budgeting and just kind of keeping her in the loop. I think she likes it that way. Um, and, you know, we have pretty honest conversations about our spending. And, um, you know, we look at, what all of our categories are and where we're spending a lot. So we utilize the, kind of the top five category method where you take, you know, you keep track of the top five biggest categories of your spending sure. and that gets you most of the way there without going, you know, line item, line item budget. Nice. Um, that gets you a lot of the way there. So kind of keeping track of that and and basically just keeping track with each other.
1: Yeah. We have a lot of conversations, and we've kind of put it in writing before, just so we can see if we're on the same page as far as you know what's the highest amount of money we're comfortable without telling the other person, or yeah, that we're comfortable spending without telling the other person. And so we just make sure that we're always on the same page about little things like that, so that no one's ever caught off guard or ever upset by something with our finances, Um, and just trying to be respectful to each other because. You know sometimes money is spent, and it happens kind of back and forth where maybe one spends a little more one month, and so just trying to be respectful and always having conversations to make sure we're keeping each other in check.
0: That's great, so for you Mackenzie, being the not as financially interested as Logan person in the mm-hmm. relationship, how do you feel like is a good idea for a spouse? or a partner to approach that type of person in the relationship about finances? Do you feel like that there's certain things or, you know, ways of approaching that can be more helpful than others that you would suggest?
1: Yeah, I think it's really helpful when Logan tells me where he'd like to spend our money. So for instance, instead of just coming to me and saying, hey, I need you to cut back here. You're spending too much here. Don't do that. That that would be more hurtful, but he'll come to me and he'll, I'll say, well, where would you like the money to go? What were you thinking? And so he'll say, well, I really had this account in mind. i really like to um, build some interest here and do other things. And so then I say, okay, well, where do you need me to cut out money? Or where have I been spending more? Or do you think I can cut back? So I really like that method when he brings it up to me in that way. Um, And that's never hurtful. So That's good. Great.
0: (laughs) All right. So how did you guys – learn about financial independence and which parts of financial independence seem most appealing to you that kind of drew you to the concept?
2: Of course. Yeah. I'll take this one too, Kat. Um, I learned about FI when I was looking for, um, ways to kind of increase my financial knowledge. And that was during my uh, commute to work, which I make a 50 minute commute. Oh, wow. Um, Uh, a couple times a week so I have plenty of time to listen to great podcasts like yours and like the the white coat investor shameless plug there too
1: awesome (laughs) Um,
2: and it just fascinated me that there was this whole world that was so applicable to me that I knew nothing about you know you've heard it a, a thousand times that in high school and undergrad biology classes and PA school it's just not talked about. Um, you know, they just, everyone's trying to get you there. And uh, so kind of that, you know, PA Next Steps example, that that book by Jordan, that is a, a great, you know, kind of gap that needs to be filled. Uh, so I just kind of dove into this world of finances and, uh, you know, listen to, you know, Physician on Fire and uh, different, you know, popular parties like that. And the the idea just struck me that I think I would practice better medicine uh, if I didn't have to worry about, you know, paying the mortgage or paying off my student loans. I feel like I could practice more freely yeah, totally. and, you know, happier. So uh, that's what we're striving towards
1: mm-hmm. for
2: sure. Cool.
1: And as he said before, too, he's more interested in the financial side of things. And so a lot of my learning comes from him because he listens to these podcasts and then he comes home and like, okay, what's interesting. What do you think that I'd like to hear about? And he shares with me a little bit. Um, But I just have a lot of trust in him because I know how many different podcasts that he listens to in the sense that I feel like it'd be hard for me to catch up and know what he knows. So it's nice kind of just having him teach me what he knows and be in charge of a lot of, a lot of the finances.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think that you guys touched on a couple of things there. One is that it can be nice in a relationship if someone kind of takes the lead, if both people don't necessarily have interest. I really encourage at least one person to step up. And I encourage that the listeners for this podcast, I would imagine that there's still quite a few more female PAs out there than male PAs. So I think that still nowadays, A lot of females kind of defer the finances to the male partners. But I really encourage that if the male isn't super interested in it to take charge for the females out there, but also to always be in touch with what's going on. So you made a point there that, you know, you don't necessarily want to or feel like you need to learn every single thing out there. It could be overwhelming. It may not be your entire interest, but it's important that you have that open communication with Logan and keep that going throughout your guys' careers and lives together because if one person isn't involved or kind of out of touch then it can lead to poor th- outcomes in the future so i think that that's great that you guys have that open communication thank you yeah and then also Logan i really liked how you touched on how pursuing financial independence and eventually you know reaching financial independence in the future really optimizes how you practice medicine. It really can be more freeing where you can make better decisions if you don't have all these financial stressors for many, many years starting as a new grad. Then you are setting yourself up for empowered decisions where you can decide, hey, I don't need to work this particular job or I don't need to work this many hours. You have that sense of power and negotiating power throughout your career, too. So I really like that as well.
2: No doubt. No doubt. That's great.
0: So if there are some new grad PAs out there that were in your spot about a year ago, do you guys have any particular advice that you'd like to leave for them?
1: Yeah,
2: I would say if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one step ahead of a lot of your classmates already. You know, being a new grad PA, just like Kenzie said, is overwhelming in itself. You know, it's just this fire hose of information for two to three years. And then you get out into practice and it's, it's more fire hose, honestly. And uh, I would just recommend not letting your finances go on the back burner too long. And if they're listening to this podcast, obviously they've, they've taken that step as well. So you're one step ahead. And the only other thing I would say is that, you know, financial independence or, specifically early financial independence takes a concerted effort so but it's worth that effort you know you've never talked to someone on the up, opposite side of financial independence that regretted their choices so uh, i think it's worth it to spend the time to take charge of your your good salary and to know your worth in that and to you know protect it and keep it because you did work really, really hard to to get to where you're at and or or you'll be working hard when you're if you're a PA student or a pre PA student and it's worth the effort to to manage it correctly. So that's all I
1: would say. Yeah. I would say something that was really helpful for me is I had always made budgets growing up for myself, but I didn't make them as detailed as as Logan originally had when we first started doing Um, all of our finances together, and I think that's really helpful too, especially as a couple, because then you make sure that you're on the same page, and you have an understanding of what you want to pay towards your student loans, and I think it just, just seeing it all out on paper and having that discussion makes it easier along the way, so yeah.
0: Very cool, and you guys had mentioned as well how you have this large student loan debt between the two of you, but you guys are both in surgery, so probably a decent salary as well. If you guys feel comfortable sharing, do you guys mind sharing your guys' pay range and the compensation model? How are you guys getting paid as well?
2: Yeah, no problem at all. We decided to combine our salaries um, just to you know protect both of our salary numbers and sure. and all that kind of stuff. We get paid on the same model, so um, we have salaries, um, base salaries, and we have RVU bonuses. Okay. Mine is a quarterly bonus. uh, that's based on the net production that I make. So our combined salaries before I forget to drop that number on everybody, uh, is 193,000.
0: Nice.
2: So, yeah. So it's a pretty good, uh, in terms of, you know, student loans to income ratio. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely. But yeah. And then, so because we're so new, The RVU bonuses haven't kicked in yet, so I'm not sure what that will actually end up looking like in terms of the number, Yeah, but we're getting close coming up on uh, Mm -hmm. a year, so that's kind of an exciting thing as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Do you know, will those salaries be guaranteed then too once the RVU kicks in?
1: Uh, I believe so. I think it's RVU on top of that salary. Yeah. At least on my contract, it looked like it was in addition to. Sure. That's yours.
2: Yep. And mine as well. Yep. Mm-hmm, that salary awesome. is guaranteed for me. So yeah, it's great. So just basically an incentive to to do more cases and see more people, I guess, whether that's a good or a bad thing.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, that type of pay structure can be really nice because you feel like you have the peace of mind when it comes to the guarantee salary, but then you get that little perk, that little extra with the RVUs that can be a little bit more motivating too. So for all the PA mm-hmm. students listening out there, if you're overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the amount of student loans you're accumulating, at least you'll have a pretty decent salary and you'll have a plan in action that you can take where you can pay off that debt. So it all comes
2: with time. Yeah. And you will. I mean, it sounds like it, impossible. You know, when you look at $230,000, it sounds like a lot. But when you break it down month by month, year by year, that certainly helps to kind of, you know, take on the tidal wave of student loans. That, yeah, just break it down, make it into a little smaller number, and you'll be just fine.
1: So. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Well, thank you both for sharing all these wonderful words of wisdom, as well as being very open and transparent with your guys's journey. I think that it's Pretty unique to find a PA couple out there. So it's really fun to chat with both of you. And I really appreciate it. If the listeners have any questions or would like to reach out to you guys, do you guys have a way that you would like them to contact you? Yeah,
1: of course.
2: Yeah. If email works the best for people, the email that you can reach me at is driscoll.logan at gmail.com.
0: Perfect. Thank you. I'll include that in the show notes as well.
2: And I I do want to tell your listeners, too, that, you know, we have students rotate with my surgeon all the time, and I really love that. So I hope this is an kind of an open invite to please email me. I I am an open book, and I definitely love to be a resource to students. I look forward to precepting and teaching in the future. So this is your your, it's okay to email me uh, (laughs) announcement there. So there's that.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I think that precepting can be a little intimidating as a newer grad, but it really teaches you so much. I was kind of pushed into precepting right away as a new grad, and I'm glad that I was because the students are just amazing and make every day so much better.
1: And um, you can email me as well. Just if you have any interest in plastics, too, or any questions about plastics, because I feel like that is a topic we do not learn about in PA school. Um, and so I actually have I'm interested in teaching students as well and precepting just to help kids understand more of what we do. Um, so if you'd like to email me about that, you definitely can. Um, and my email is Mackenzie Urban, U-R-B-A-N, at gmail.com. But as far as the financial questions, I would definitely defer to Logan. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> valid. I am not right. an expert in that area at all. <laughs>
2: we're getting we're, we're on our way. We're on our way.
0: Cool. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. I think that the listeners will get a lot of value out of today's episode and I really appreciate you guys taking the time.
2: Thanks yeah. guys. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much.